Welcome to the Basketball Show Network. I'm your host, Paul Sir. Today is another CEBL edition. I thought it was important after this third season to have a chance to reflect on the season that just was, but also the seasons coming up and where this very, very ambitious league is going. And there's no one better to talk to than the commissioner of the league, Mike Morreale. Mike provides incredible leadership. And if there's someone who I think really has driven this league to the levels that it has reached, it's Mike Morreale. I had a chance to sit down and talk with Mike and reflect, as I said, about the season. But I think now, more importantly, what's upcoming for this dynamic league? Here's my conversation with Mike. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I am pleased to be here today with Mike Morreale, the commissioner of the CEBL. And uh, Mike, thanks so much for making time to uh, speak with me today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm still feeling the after effects of championship weekend. So <laughs> don't look at me how I'm dressed today. I'm just I'm just surviving <laughs> at this point. Well, well, Mike, championship weekend is a misnomer because, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't it be more like championship year in terms of actual preparation and hard work and daily diligence about the changes that were thrown at you and your team in trying to put this event together? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We may extend that to about 18 months or more. It's <laughs> it's certainly been um, an experience, uh, at times a struggle, at times the greatest, you know, feeling, you know, when it's done to be able to, the sense of accomplishment. So, it has been difficult, uh, but at, at the same time, we're, we we look at the positives, and quite frankly, that the fact that we were able to push through both last season and this season, basically unharmed, never missing a game, um, never having to deal with any massive outbreaks, it's I, I feel very grateful. Mike, there, there are characteristics that oftentimes people associate with sport that translate into life like the life lessons we all talk about when we were athletes or when we're coaching about how our experience will apply to our life if we get into business or whatever our pursuits are in terms of careers but i'll, I'll give you my observation and i i'm really looking forward to your commentary my observation is and and i'm going to point at you is your single-mindedness your focus in your leadership role in, in my observation, and I know there are a lot of other people who deserve tons of gratitude for what, all the work that they did, but your, I think, single-minded leadership is what I believe drove the CEBL to being able to accomplish having a bubble when nobody was doing anything and now pulling together a very successful CEBL championship weekend in uh, Edmonton. So in one sense, I'm offering you a very big compliment, but I think there's a lot of just factual truth to that. W what are your thoughts on what, what my statement is saying? Well, well thank you. Uh, you know, I, I am, I'm not as quick to accept it because of all the reasons you say for everybody else that, that has to contribute. But, you know, I, I do appreciate the fact that we had to make a decision and those decisions, you know, rest on my shoulders, bad, good, and otherwise. Um, and, you know, to my credit, I have a, I have a, I have a team of people across the whole country that, that I guess, you know, can follow me in a way where they, they believe what I'm saying can happen if we work hard. And there was times that, that I didn't believe it myself, believe me, as we we're going through the trials and tribulations. But 
I, I just really believe that if you don't put the effort in, how will you, how you actually know? And if we're going to go down, I'm going to go down swinging, not in an unsafe manner, of course, but knocking over every obstacle that's in the way. And, and I think a lot of that comes from, you know, sport and, and my experience in sport and the trials and tribulations of playing games and being booed or being cheered or being vilified, whatever it may be, you, you grow some, some sick, uh, thick skin. Um, and, and my job is to, to lead people and to direct people and to hire people that are smarter than me and, and more equipped than me, but to provide them that direction. So um, I, I thank you for that. Uh, I hope I don't have to continue directing us through these landmines, but I, you know, it, it, my job doesn't end here, obviously. You know, now we have expansion and now we have more awareness and more attention, which means you can't hide. You can't get away with the, the little things anymore. Um, but, but yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy because, you know, we've been able to fulfill part of the goals and, and aspirations of growing this league. And we've also provided such an opportunity for our young people that work for us to actually go out and do something that others just couldn't do. And I think, you know, for us, that's going to benefit us, but it's going to benefit them for a long, long time as well. I'm talking with Mike Morali, the commissioner of the CEBL, who just wrapped up their championship weekend this past weekend in Edmonton. Mike, let's talk about the championship weekend itself. Uh, it had a, uh, it had a, festive atmosphere in what I would almost call a Blade Runner landscape because it's like Alberta has been very uh, aggressive uh, coming out of the gates. And so I think, you know, of course, that's what opened the door for this to even happen. But there's still a subdued, concerned nature that's out there. There's sort of an undertone. But through that all, you and all of your co-workers at the CEBL really created a festive atmosphere uh, the games on the court were fantastic. I, you know, some people have said, well, too bad it was a blowout uh, uh, for the Stingers with, with Niagara. And you know, I guess my response, I sort of measured my response, but my response was, yeah, but that really was fitting because Stingers were just better than everybody. And they have been all year. And I think it's demonstrative of, of that team. And also it, kind of raises the bar now for the rest of the franchises to have to build their squad. So I kind of jumped all over with that comment, but let's start with the festival itself that was the CEBL championship weekend. Yeah, and you kind of framed it nicely. You know, we we intended to go to Alberta and Edmonton specifically a couple of years ago. And then right. when COVID hit, we, we had to pause and then we wanted to go back. We felt like you know, we had put the effort in and we announced it and we wanted to see it through. We didn't want to pull it away from them. And at that time, we didn't know how COVID was going to affect us come August. We kind of dove in with contingency plans upon contingency plans and everything that goes into it. And, and fortunate for us, you know, July 1 came around and Alberta kind of wide open. And But, you know, there is still a lot of reluctance and there still was reluctance last weekend. Um you know, when we first started, maybe we're getting five, 600 fans a game, then we'd get 800, then we get 1200. And then we get, you know, into where we were well over 2000, close to 3000 for the championship game. But, you know, we were still rolling the dice. So um, to create an environment in an environment that's a bit hostile was, was really, you know, hard to, to imagine until we got there. And once we got there, I think everything fell into place. Everything was done with the right purposes, with the right goals in mind. 
and it really worked. And, and I give credit to everybody with the Stingers and with uh, the city of Edmonton, Explore Edmonton, and, and everyone that chipped in to, to make it a reality. Uh, that venue, as you know, is, is built for intimacy and excitement. Um, so once the games tipped off, it was, you know, really good basketball. And I share your exact view about the championship game. That, you know, if you're watching that as a fan, you may look at it as a blowout. I looked at it as a, a, a chance to watch some amazing basketball, especially from Edmonton's perspective. The quality of basketball, the way in which they score, the how they score, the amount of times they score, the energy in the arena never changed. It was on high alert from the start and every basket through it. And Elam in the crazy blowout almost served as another purpose, a countdown to final victory. So as Xavier rips off eight straight points. You know you're one point away from victory, and the fans are standing, and and it it made you kind of forget about the score at that time. But the whole event, it, it really is an event. You know, it's it's basketball, but we want to make this into a Canadian basketball cultural event, and I think we did a really good job of doing that. I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I thought the Elam ending was appropriate, especially with Jordan Baker scoring the last yes. basket. Outstanding basket on a great pass from Xavier. But it to me, it encapsulated the Elam ending encapsulated the season. It was like this was Xavier's season. He has become so good and so and I don't want to say superior because that that would be demeaning demeaning to the other players. I mean, he was going up against the Scrub Brothers, for goodness sake. Yeah. But Xavier is just at a, at a high level. The game has slowed down so much for him. It literally watching him throughout the season was like he is one of those rare players. And you know this from football that when the star, when the superstar figures it all out and he reaches that plateau, everything slows down for them and it becomes so easy. And I and it's not like there wasn't resistance, but Xavier, the game was so slow for him and he was so fast. It really was a fitting ending to the season, I thought. It was. And to have the same MVP for three years, but to see the growth in Xavier, but at the same time, the growth and the talent he competes against. It's crazy to, to imagine that he was great to begin with and he has gotten better and better and better. And it's such, and you know, Paul, he's such a great person as well. Uh, but the competition in the CBL has, has improved dramatically. I mean, if you're, he's going head to head with Lindell Wigington, you know, for, for awards and he's, he's competing against the scrubs, you know, these are guys that are high, high level international basketball players. And for Xavier to still be noticeably different when, you know, when you watch a player that's noticeably different, yeah, he's special. special. I played, yeah, I played with Doug Flutie. I know what that's like <laughs> to watch a guy that you're like, what? Everyone around him is excellent, but this guy is superior. So, you know, it's it's a challenge now for, for Xavier to continue to be great. It's a challenge now for the rest of the league to catch up and try to compete. And he's blessed with what the Stingers were able to do. And, and really, in this league, it's try to keep the core group together and become a better team. And I think, if anything, this year has proven to the rest of the, the teams in the league, okay, we're going to hold on to our core enough of this change and we have a couple pieces change and that's good free agency is not a bad thing but i think you're going to start to see teams sticking together longer because right before their eyes they see what is what happens when you can do that i'm talking with mike morialli the commissioner of the cebl here on the basketball show podcast edition mike i i 
I, I, on one hand, I'm a bit reluctant to go on this tangent, but I've just got to, because I think the parallels between the CEBL and the CFL are very, very apparent. And to me, one of the things the CFL struggles with is core, uh, holding on to core good players and building off them as opposed to massive changes in trying to bring talent in. Uh, at some point, you have to be able to say, these are our four guys, and then what pieces do we bring in around them? And I think you're right. In, in year one, the Stingers put together a great core, and they've done a really good job of keeping them together. And that has been the key to their success. I mean, one, it's one thing to have a core. It's another thing to have a core of really good players. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, we, from my time, you know, in the CFL, it was it was a team with the best Canadians wins, right? And, and I think that's not too dissimilar from, from you know, look at the teams that played in the championship. It arguably probably had the best Canadian talent uh, going so. head to head. And that, and that is very typical of, um, uh, of, you know, you know your strengths, right? The, certainly there's an opportunity for your internationals uh, like Xavier and, and some Brady Skeens and some of the other guys across the league to step up and to, to help fill out, kind of round out your roster but it really is predicated on the strength of your Canadian talent and, and how well they play. So in that respect, yes, there are a lot of similarities at CFL. That's not by accident. That's by design because there's a lot of good that happens in the CFL. You know, um, we always talk about the business side and, and we are certainly different and our fan base is much more diverse and, and the game is a lot different it's on a higher tra trajectory upward. But at the core, we're trying to be community teams with local Canadian talent that to your point, when a Jordan Baker, you know, the pride of uh, University of Alberta can come and make a layup to win the game in his hometown. I mean, I don't think you can script it any better. And let's not forget, Paul, you know better than me. Jordan Baker was done playing basketball three years ago and he came back for this and, and he's excelled in, in a huge way. And I'm sure it's been a, a really cool part of his uh, evolution as a player, as a family man, as, a, as someone who's back home and now as a coach. Absolutely. And Jordan's such an anomaly. Uh, he, he really is. And, you know, and along with that, like he helped the 3x3 team from uh, Canada get into the Olympic qualifying tournament. Uh, and it, 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 what, what makes him so unique is he doesn't play year round. But you see right. Jordan walk into the gym. He's in the best shape probably of anybody on the court. And he's such a smart player. Like the unteachable stuff that Jordan does is really quite incredible. And, and he's a great example of the, the mental side of the game because physically he's very gifted, but what, where he really excels is his basketball IQ. And uh, it, it, it really is, you, co you couldn't script it any better as you described, Mike. So, so Mike, let's talk about the future. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Scarborough has announced, uh, Montreal is going to be announced. There are hints there might be another one. We don't know, but uh, you're, you're building on a season that was shortened after a season that was in a bubble. But the excitement, I believe, from everyone I talked to has never been higher. The addition and the coverage quality of CBC has been huge. Uh, you know, So you, you look at it on the surface and you say everything's trending in a great direction. The league's expanding the dream of a coast-to-coast -coast true national league continues to move forward what does mike morreale think the future of the cebl is all about i think it's very bright um 
you know, I'm very bullish on it. I, I know this comes with a lot of work now to, to make this a reality. This is not an overnight success, as you know. Uh, but the pieces we're adding are being added strategically and they're making us better. I think that's that's the big thing. So corporately, you know, we are going to go to Montreal. There's a lineup of people that want that team. But, you know, we, we're going to kind of set it up and get to the point where we've done with the seven other franchises we have and get them ready to go. We'll have that announced in the late fall. That get, that makes us better. It gets us into a province that is a huge basketball hotbed. And you would know is pumping out high-level talent at NBA all levels. Talent. <laughs> yes, on a regular basis. And, and the beauty of going to Montreal, you don't have to stop in in in. Montreal, you know, Quebec City is is right around the corner, hopefully in 2023. And we've started those discussions. And then the Scarborough piece was the one that I kind of held on for a while, given its sensitivity, given the groups involved. Um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were behind the scenes working on things. And, and when we were ready to launch that we were, we were doing it in the right way. Um, that singular announcement has blown the doors open on other similar parties with similar ideas about having you know, a team in their market, uh, an area that they call home, that they can be proud of. So, you know, that's kind of the fringe benefits. And then not to mention, you know, the entertainment side that has just kind of been blasted open. We are always wanted to be and, and felt that we were not just basketball, we were also entertainment. Um, this just, again, uh, expands it greatly. And and those those two markets specifically uh, now bring more awareness, more, more uh, national awareness, uh, international awareness, and just allow us to be better. And, and yes, we are working on a 10th and we could just run out of the time. Uh, it's not by any fault of either party, just situational, but you know, it, it won't slow down our, our future plans. Um, we will get back to a 20 game season. I think that's important. Uh, we're, there are times we thought about maybe going to a 24, but truthfully, we, we started in 2019 as 20. We went down to about nine in the bubble, up to 14. Let's get back to 20 and master it. Let, let's just get really good at doing that. We have more teams, means more games, means playing more games of the week. Yeah, we're going to upgrade um, you know, our CBC kind of package in a way where they're finally able to you know, uh, devote more time to us because now there's not Olympics in both years and no one knows if it's happening or not. So you'll see a lot more stuff happen there. Um, internationally, we're going to grow. Uh, there are a lot of cool things we are working on, including an international a roster spot, which, uh, again, from a development, de developmental piece is great, from a broadcast, from an awareness piece is great. And then we'll be playing in some international games and, and hopefully right in your backyard uh, in, in Edmonton. And we're working on that now. We'll have an announcement in, in the next little bit. But we're trying to create a business model that we just, we aren't a three year, three and a half or four month season. We're a 12 month a year business. And what can we do to keep Canadian basketball at the forefront at a time where we're out of a season? Because it's good for us uh, because it gets more eyeballs and more awareness and allows us to grow more holistically than just to look at it as what can we do this season? Well, Mike, I think anybody who's a basketball fan would listen to this conversation and go, wow. Uh, this is uh, this is much, much more than trying to put a team on the court, as you just articulated very nicely. And the future is bright for the CEBL, the future for Canadian basketball. And what this adds to the tapestry of Canadian basketball just enhances all that's going on in our nation. And, uh, you know, thanks to you, Mike, and thanks to uh, Mr. Petco, the owner of the league, uh, and all of your team that works so hard, Josh, and all of the other 
CEBL members as well as the local markets and, and the work that they do. But uh, you've injected something special into <laughs> Canada. And as a basketball person myself, uh, I'm very grateful for it and uh, wish you all success in the, in the coming months as the plans unfold. Well, my pleasure, and, and I appreciate the support. We need it, right? I, it's all about that whole basketball ecosystem, and uh, I'm glad uh, to be a part of it and, and to help it grow. Mike Morialli, Commissioner of the CEBL, thank you so much for joining me today on the Basketball Show podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. I want to thank Mike Morialli for joining me today on the Basketball Show podcast network CEBL edition. Thank you for joining us today as well. You can always listen to the Basketball Show Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast platforms or go to our website, www.thebasketballshow.ca. Thanks for joining me today. We have more great shows coming up. Keep your eyes uh, out, looking out for us. We're on social media. Go to our website, and we'll be back again with you real soon. In the meanwhile, stay safe and have a great week on and off the court. This is the Basketball Show Podcast Network. I'm your host, Paul Sir. Thanks for being with me today.